0: Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Out Loud podcast sponsored by Dream Releaser Coaching. During the month of December, we have picked the top podcasts of 2022. Please enjoy our top-rated podcasts with Maury Davis and be encouraged all over again. We hope that you enjoy. Of course, we know that you've been with the coaching service for a long time. So we're really excited to have you aboard. And so we're going to ask you a lot of questions that I haven't asked others in the podcast, because I know that you took your staff through uh, Dream Release Your Coaching as well. So maybe there's some listening today to the podcast that's not familiar with Maury Davis. Uh, Tell them a little bit about yourself. I know I just gave the bio, but who is Maury Davis?
1: Uh, Started out in a rough place. Came to Christ in the Dallas County Jail, was a pretty messed up young man, and uh, had a God encounter, uh, got out, uh, and at 28 years of age, became a janitor at a big church in Irving, Texas, and uh, moved from janitor to the head of janitors, to facilities administrator, to the executive assistant, to the senior pastor doing a major construction project, and uh, then moved forward with that, uh, became a youth pastor, got married. God blessed my family and I with triplets, kind of restoring the years I lost during my th- years of incarceration. Uh, traveled as an evangelist, came to Nashville in 1991 to build a church and found a small struggling church on a gravel parking lot being repossessed by the bank. And That was the will of God for my life at that point. Oh, wow. And uh, I resigned that church in 2018, almost 28 years later. Uh, with a congregation of about 4,000 people, uh, $53 million worth of buildings, uh, 45 to 52 acres uh, that were developed into either parking lot or ball fields and things of that nature. Uh, and uh, started traveling and coaching and consulting after I realized the value of a different kind of leadership.
0: Wow. That's incredible. And for those who haven't been to your facility, uh, I must say it was some of the most fascinating services I've ever been in with the uh, inside fireworks extravaganza. But I think the greatest thing was the the bullfighting, the rodeo you guys had actually inside the sanctuary. That was phenomenal. So what gives you the cutting edge to be able to do something like that and bring that inside your sanctuary?
1: Uh, The desire to affect people's lives. Uh, As a pastor, my goal in life was to bring people to the knowledge of Christ. And when the Bible says, compel them to come in, by all means win them. Paul said, I became all things to people. And you realize that we live in a time that many people do not want to go to church anymore. They got church hurt. Uh, uh, And and we live in a highly sensitized society, Dr. Bowen. Uh, When you and I grew up, our parents didn't complain about anything. They just endured Right. Uh, men that came back from World War II probably had the same trauma as our young men that came back from Afghanistan and mm-hmm. Iraq. Uh, right. But you never heard the term PTSD. Uh, people suffered in silence. Yeah. And there there was there was a determination factor to not talk about my problems. It was considered not manly, possibly. Mm-hmm. it just, you just didn't do that. And uh, so the new generation, they process things uh, all the time with everybody, which is probably not healthy either. And, uh, so the word church hurt is become a big deal as if everybody that ever went to church, didn't get church hurt. Right. I mean, anytime you're around people, there's going to be some pain. And, uh, yeah, I know you have a wonderful marriage, but you've been wife hurt and I know you had wonderful moms and dads, but you've got dad hurt hurt mama hurt right. sometimes emotionally and sometimes with a belt. I mean, uh, life is painful uh, and none of us want to disappoint anybody or hurt people, but, uh, we do. And so I realized that the only way to get those people back into church was to do something out of the box. And so we did four invite events a year. And uh, as you saw, there were thousands of people that were not church people, right. Uh, right. That, but they wanted to come either old cowboys wanted to see some bull riding <laughs> or our families with small children. Uh, wanting their kids to experience the fireworks and the popcorn and the peanuts and kind of the carnival atmosphere, the, the circus atmosphere.
0: Yeah. It reminded me a lot of the old ben, uh, Billy Graham crusades at the end of service where thousands of people were coming, giving their hearts to Christ. And it was an amazing way of, of connecting uh, the lost back to the church. Uh, so what got you actually started, Maury, in coaching?
1: Um, I hired Dr. Sam Chan, one of your founders. mm mm-hmm one of our founders uh, to uh, do a consultation with me, an assessment of where I was. And at the end of that day uh, thought, wow, this is, this process was amazing. I didn't understand coaching. I didn't understand what he did. I just knew that the report I got back from him was incredibly challenging and insightful and necessary. And so between 2012 and 2013 as he became my church consultant, uh, I realized that he he would do consulting and organizational structure, Mm -hmm. but most of his time when it was with me one-on-one was coaching. And I began to hear about dream release or coaching. And then I said, well, I want to go to that. I believe that would change my life because one of the things I needed to do was find a next for after I left the senior pastorate." And long story short, uh, once I started DRC, uh, track one, uh, you know, reading the book and going through that process was like, this is not in my wheelhouse. This is not in the lane I've been in. I write sermons. I do prayers. Yeah. I you know, I, I I tell pastors who to go visit. Uh, I tell, 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 right. tell, and uh, you know, I direct, uh, I dictate, uh-huh. I demand, <laughs> and uh, and so I'm looking at this, but it was in track two. That I had my aha moment, and it really the the reflective exercises in track two took me to a place I'd never been since I was a little boy,
2: mm.
1: and mm. Yeah, I, I dealt with issues in track two that should have been dealt with at eighteen years of age. Uh, And things that I didn't know I had. And out of that, I wrote the book hindsight 2020 and discovered my shadow motive Mm -hmm. was I was trying to prove I was bigger than my shame and my guilt of having gone to jail and prison Mm -hmm. and, uh, and had lived with that all my life unknowingly. So track two unlocked things I needed to surface to deal with. Right. Uh, it also unlocked a way of thinking about the future that was, uh, important, And it gave me my next of what I wanted to do because I realized the value of coaching uh, uh, versus consulting or counseling.
0: Wow! So that track was actually it's our whole life. That's when people really the first uh, track that you kind of get learn the new concept as you was talking about instead of demanding. And giving the information, now we're learning to listen, That uh, enhancing our listening skills. And then that second piece is the whole life of where we're really starting to dig down inside of us to find out that purpose. So, um, have you ever had a coach? And if so, how has a coach affected your life?
1: Yes, uh, Dr. Chen has been my coach. Uh-huh. And, uh, and there are times that uh, in our classes and stuff, uh, you... Uh, Don Brawley, Sherry Gaither, uh, Robin I have all Robin lagro or what's her new name now? She got married. Butler. Uh, huh? Butler. Okay. Just want to make sure we give her the right title <laughs> and, uh, she coached herself into a marriage. Uh-huh. So, uh, <clears throat> all of those people have coached me. What happens is the questions that the coach asks you, mm-hmm require you to move from frontal thought, top of the head thought, shoot from the hip thought. The questions require you to process deeper than you would without the questions and deeper than you really are sometimes are comfortable doing because the real answer that is probably in your subconscious. Right. Is the right answer.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And sometimes it's an aha moment that works. And sometimes it's, I need to deal with that moment.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, the, the, the product of the answer is always better than a directive. Yeah. And uh, it's when Jesus asked the disciples, who do they say that I am? Who do yeah. you say? And Peter said, thou art the Christ. Jesus said, flesh and blood. The, the question revealed it. Uh, you know, God, the questions. And, you know, I began to read the Bible different. hmm Uh, You know, I began to go through all the questions God asked people, and are they um, self-revealing questions? Adam, where are you? It wasn't like God didn't know where Adam was. The only person (laughs) who didn't know where where Adam was was Adam. (laughs) Right. Uh, uh, You know, uh, Gideon in the wine vat. I'm from the tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the weakest in the tribe. So I'm the weakest tribe, and I'm the weakest person. And really what God was saying is, who told you that?
0: Right. Where would you get that
1: thought in there from? And just those questions, uh, uh, and, you know, Jesus asked questions, you know, blind Bartimaeus, you know, what do you want me to do for you? And I'm thinking, Hey, why does he need to tell you that the guy can't see? And because he can't see he's a beggar. And, uh, you know, but there was something about the question being answered that unlocked Bartimaeus' faith. Yeah. So whether it's, whether it's an aha moment, a faith moment, uh, a destiny moment a different direction moment, uh, when I was asking, being asked those questions by Dr. Chan, and and sometimes they come slow, and they're just laying there, and you're thinking, well, tell me something. I, I don't have an answer for that. And, you know, the coach just looks at you thinking, you do have an answer for that, and we're going to let some silence work on you. Or sometimes you're answering them, and he'll slide in the next question, two or three, fairly quickly.
0: Yeah. It's amazing that coaching has been around now for about 15 years. Dream Releaser has been around for 12 of those 15 years. And coaching is really, uh, you can go all the way back, as you were stating through the Bible, that it's always been there. And so we're finally developing that and seeing this, the importance and significance. Of course, we know with DRC, and I say this pretty much on every podcast for those new listeners, uh, the plans, powerful questions, listening, accountability, neutral, and silence. We believe if you get those five characteristics, that you can become a coach. So why would you encourage people to get equipped and trained as professional coaches today?
1: Dr. Bowen that's a great question. And I'm probably going to give you a more complicated answer than is necessary, but dream releaser coaching. If I never coached another person
2: mm-hmm.
1: took me to another level as a person in my thinking, my process, my leadership. Yeah. Uh, secondarily, It was observable to other people that I changed the way I led. Mm -hmm. So for people that are in leadership, it will let you lead at a higher level and it will give the people following you a greater lift. Right. But when I'm working uh, with clients today, and you know that I work all over the nation. Right. Right uh it is allowing me to watch people take and I work normally I've got a couple of others but normally I'm working with a lead pastor or lead pastor and staff pastors sometimes lead pastor staff pastors board of directors
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh when what I'm using the skill set that I learned at DRC uh it's just fun to watch people um uh, have their moments that they have to deal with stuff. Right. Uh, and I can say this because nobody will know who I'm talking about is still leave my confidentiality. I was doing an assessment uh, in the recent past and I was dealing with a board member. Everybody else is happy that I'm talking to. We're talking about moving the church forward. I'm asking them questions and they're just answering them. They have no idea what I'm extrapolating from their answers right. to write an assessment for the pastor because it wasn't for personal developments for church growth. Mm-hmm. But this board member is just going on and on and on about all the stuff he's unhappy with, you know, pastor doesn't do this. And he doesn't talk to me about this. We used to talk all the time. And what I realized from active listening is the church has grown and you no longer are hanging out with the pastor every day and you feel lost. Yeah. And so, but he, he's, he's turned bitter mm. and he's venomous. And he's not on the team. He wants to tear the pastor down, and get a new pastor that'll be his buddy again, get the church back where it was. And I ask him his aha moment question. Brother, with your attitude and what this has done inside of you emotionally,
2: mm-hmm.
1: why do you want to be on the board of directors? Wow. And my follow-up question is: if you were the pastor, would you want a board member with your attitude? Now that was not a a big question. I, was, I kind of narrowed it down a little bit, the secondary question. And and he said, well, I don't know what to do. I said, what should you do? Mm-hmm. And he thought, and we sat there. I don't know what to do. I said, you do know what to do. What should you do? Mm-hmm. And it was a five-minute blank. I'm thinking, this is, I can't handle it. I mean, that <laughs> the, the silence was killing me and he said, I should talk to the pastor. And then I said, when will you do that?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He said this week, pastor called me. They had a three hour meeting. He realized what his issue was. Right. They reconciled he's rowing the boat again. But the question, why are you on the board? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and if I hadn't gone to DRC, I'd have told him, to, I'm going to write in here. You need to resign. You don't want the board. <laughs> I would have told him what to do. Right. But because of the DRC, I asked the question. And because it came from their heart, their spirit, their gut, there was a reconciliation, right. which is something you cannot make people do
0: exactly yeah yeah that's that's amazing and uh, always asking the simple questions the answer always lies that that's a very simple question you asked that would almost seem elementary but that was the breaking factor to have that aha moment and uh pastor mori it's it's amazing that uh, whenever you became a coach and you started coaching other clients and got involved with the program, a lot of people get the misconception of coaching that they feel like every person's looking for a job opportunity. You were not looking for a job. You had thousands of people. You had a mega ministry going on. You weren't looking for another job. Uh, And so it's amazing to to just hear of how that transitioned your life and how it doesn't have to be for business. It can truly take us, especially through track two, that whole life piece that can let us really connect with our, our purpose. So we realize that you took coaching to another level. And not only did you go through coaching, but I remember you also had your entire staff go through coaching. So tell us a little bit about that process and why you saw significance in taking your staff, uh, your staff through DRC.
1: Uh, I had staff, I had 17 pastors on my pastoral staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them have been mentored by me. So their DNA of, of leadership is dictatorial command and control, mm-hmm. uh, yes, sir, to me and dictate to the people below them. And I thought, you know, it's, it's one thing for me to change, but you've got to change the organizational culture. Right. And, uh, and the process of going through dream release or coaching changes people's thought process. Mm -hmm. And, and so you're, you're breaking up the fallow ground that just, you know, that's how it is to, to reshape the ground you're changing thought processes. You're giving people leadership skills and tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what are we called to do? As as pastors, equip people. That means break uh, mend them up, help them get to where they're going. Well, I don't know where you're going. God, I don't get to tell people this is God's will for your life. This is God's will for your life. I, the world would be a better place if I could do that. I just want to go on record <laughs> that I believe that. But... But the bottom line is I'm not God. And so they have to have that uh, that God moment coming out of their soul. I think in DRC we call it an aha moment mm-hmm. uh, that comes up from within them. This is what I'm called to do. This is my purpose. Uh, you know, there, there are two or three things that help people truly get ahead and, in leadership and in, in their life direction. But purpose has got to be the number one. What is your purpose? What is your dream? Uh, You you know, you talk about living your dreams. Well, your dream gives you your purpose. Right. If you don't know what your purpose is, you're like a freshman in college. Yeah. You ask them, what are they majoring in? Whatever they're majoring in as a freshman in college Mm -hmm. is about 80 percent unlikely to be what they actually do in life.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, it's not like they're not trying, but they haven't had that moment yet. Uh, I don't want to be an architect. I don't want to sit in a room all day and draw plans. I want to actually be a builder and do construction. I want to put my hands on something. You, there's a discovery process on the journey of life. Well, coaching is a discovery process at going through DRC, and it helped people discover uh, things that they did not know were within them that were important and helped them identify things that were not important that they thought were. Right. So it's just an incredible program for personal development and then for equipping people because you can use this uh, when you're uh, working with your, in marriage. Uh, you know, I want to make my wife happy. Well, I can go out and decide she wants flowers or chocolate, or I could say, maybe if you could have anything this week that you want, where would you like to go on vacation?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and let me give you a great example of Dr. Chan uh, controlling my life through coaching. Uh-huh. <laughs> I called him one day and I said, "Doctor Chan, uh, I just saw you were in Hawaii. What was the nice hotel over there? And it, would it be a nice hotel for an anniversary?" And he said, "What?" I said, "Well, it's going to be my 30 year anniversary." And I was thinking about taking my wife to Hawaii. And he said, "Let me call you back in a little bit."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so he calls me back and he said, uh, "Maury, I've been thinking. Has your wife have you ever taken your wife to Hawaii?" I said, "Yes." He said, uh, does she talk a lot about going back to Hawaii? I said, well, not no, not really. He said, well, where does she talk about dreaming about going to? And I'm thinking, I said, well, I don't know. You know, I take her to the beach. I take her to the mountains. He said, no, no, no. Where does she talk about dreaming? He'd been practicing active listening on my wife that I wasn't. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> and he finally said, uh, she ever talked about going to France? I said, Oh yeah. All the time. He said, yeah. He <laughs> said, so if you were listening, you would have caught it. So he's been practicing active listening. And he said, don't you think since that's, you're trying to give her an anniversary because anniversaries are never about the man. Mm. They're always, the, the wedding is about the woman and every anniversary is about the woman. And I said okay. He said so rather than you going to Hawaii where you can go fishing and snorkeling, <laughs> and he said, and just so you know, I've talked to your secretary. Uh, you have enough points on your American Express card. You've got two business class tickets that don't cost you anything. You're a titanium with Marriott, and there's a Marriott boutique at the over by the Eiffel Tower. And you've got your rooms booked there. And, and between the 30 minutes between him hanging up, uh-huh. he's booked my whole anniversary thing, him and my secretary. Uh-huh. But then he came back and coached me to what he had already dictated. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it all worked out in your favor, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> she thought it was the greatest thing. And and you know what? I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed watching her uh, yeah. do things that I would never do, like looking at all the pictures in the Louvre. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I'm thinking I don't care nothing about all that stuff. I want to go hunt something or fish or <laughs> or run or exercise or. <laughs> uh, or go,
0: yeah. And you've always been cutting edge. And I love because maybe some of our listeners today here on the dream out loud podcast, uh, we're sitting down with Maury Davis and uh, we're just really excited about hearing what he has done with his staff and how he is actually uh, took his entire staff through during release for coaching. He's also involved as in, a specialist in church growth and leadership development. So, uh, Nori, as as I was hearing you talk about some of that stuff, I realized that it takes somebody with an open mind and to, to be able to say, we need to do something different. People are afraid of change. And you said, this is how you've always done it. Once you got the concept, then you took your staff through it as well. So how has coaching actually changed your staff? Whenever you had them all go through that, How did that change the atmosphere and the ambience of your ministry and your church services?
1: Dr. Boyne, it went down through the layers of ministry, like our small group leaders Mm -hmm. uh, moved from uh, just kind of a discussion to using coaching questions to establish what the group was going to be about that day. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Once a person uh, said, this is my pain, or I'm having a problem here rather than the leader saying, Hey, we'll get you some food for when you have a baby, they would say, how can we help this to the group and the group collaborating? We moved from a dictatorial ministry to a collaborative ministry Mm -hmm. and the group collaborating, all of a sudden people are saying, well, I can do this. I can do this. And even though it was an action that they were deciding to do, there was a community being developed of relationships uh, Mm -hmm. at a different level. So, um, it, it would just, uh, it changed the culture and the DNA of our church all down through the levels to where people were deeper in relationships with each other. Yeah. Wow. We have four or five people that started coaching out of our lay people that went to DRC and that's what they do.
0: Yeah. And so people, again, the opportunities that are there if somebody wants them, but for nothing, for no other reason, just to really take ourselves to the next level is is something that's totally worth in itself. So I know that you left pastoring in 2018 and went into your full-time consulting. How did coaching help you transition from pastoring into going into the consulting and coaching world?
1: You know, pastoring is about people's hearts and their souls, right. their spiritual destiny. Coaching is about allowing people to develop from within.
2: Yeah,
1: it, it's and pastors can proclaim, pray, mm-hmm. preach. Lead, manage budgets, build buildings, the stuff we do in this modern ministry thing. But coaching gets down to really one on one discipleship. Right. And most people don't identify who are their 70, who are their 12, who are their three. Right. Coaching does. Yeah. And coaching takes the three to the top of the mountain with you. Right. And, and preaching will get, gather the crowd.
0: Coaching will get them to the top of the mountain. Mm, mm, that's good. I've never heard coaching quite described like that, but that's a great, great analogy. So what are some simple steps that you would tell somebody considering uh, that they're thinking about becoming a life coach? What are some simple steps that they could take or something that you could really impart into them?
1: Uh, number one, they need to connect to a life coach mm-hmm. to experience the power of coaching. Number two, they need to go to Dream or Coaching. And I say that unashamedly. Yeah. Uh, uh, some of my people that had been to coaching things and thought they were coaches because they went to a three-day weekend thing. <laughs> uh, and I had one lady, you know her more in Attanubi, who's finished DRC. She's in the class with me to get the uh, uh, ICF license. Right this this track, and uh, she had been to four or five coaching things, and she said she learned more in track one of DRC than she did all the rest of them together. And that's a strong statement from a very uh intentional lady that's a professional businesswoman. Right. And uh, so um, you know, the value of dream releaser coaching uh is just uh invaluable. And and I can't say that strong enough. And it's not because I'm on there. Uh you know, I, I don't make a living with dream releaser coaching. This is not something that y'all kick me back money for Clients that I send y'all or anything, we have clean hands and pure
2: hearts. Right.
1: Uh, but the bottom line is I don't know anybody whose life wouldn't be better if they didn't go through DRC. Yeah. And I know a lot of people whose life is not where it could be because they didn't learn the, the stuff, the information. Uh, and it's not just information. It really is a developmental program. Right. You're going to think different. You're going to identify issues. You're going to come to conclusion how to resolve issues. Uh, you're going to learn to do what Nehemiah said. One of the funniest scriptures in the Bible is Nehemiah said, I consulted myself. Yeah. And uh, and sometimes are you asking yourselves the right question?
2: Yeah.
1: And, you know, I've got an answer. Well, did you ask the right question?
2: <laughs>
1: Here's a good question for young, uh, impetuous men. What are going to be the consequences of my next word or my next action? Mm. You know, we made a lot of fun of what does the redneck say just before he hurts himself? Watch this. (laughs) Well, a DRC graduate would say, what are the consequences of what I'm about to do? Right. You'd ask yourself a question. Right. And you'd think, yeah, this is probably not worth doing.
2: Right. Right.
1: People would avoid injuries if
0: they knew to ask the right questions. Absolutely. And and you really made a a valid statement. Some, you know, people want uh, the title without really spending the time. DRC is not a, a, a quick, easy process. It's a 50-week program that gets you all the way through the ICF. And, of course, ICF is what we all desire to have, is that ICF accreditation. And But it's a process of learning, and you're really getting the education along with that. So, yeah, there are three-day programs out there, but I think it's enough to just really uh, give you enough information to uh, hurt people rather than really helping them to that next level. And we want to make yes, sure sir. people are equipped So that when they come out of DRC, that we're very proud that our our students have the best education they can uh, to be able to move forward in coaching. So as we wrap things up today, why don't we hear what Maury Davis's next big dream is?
1: The next big dream uh, is to get my ICF license. Okay. And there is a counseling center here in Tennessee that has asked me to consider creating a track for them. Mm. For pastors that, that are coming in for counseling, but what they really need is help in pastoring, and maybe creating a uh, department that I would help them uh, develop. Wow. Uh, I don't know how involved I'd be in it, but I'd be involved in the development of it, and maybe almost do a coaching roundtable with a group of pastors. Nice. And what the ICF license gives the uh, the counseling center the ability to uh, get their money from the counseling mm-hmm. uh, out of their insurance because the person running the program is licensed. Right. And so it's going to allow me, I believe, to help that uh, large counseling center here in Nashville does a tremendous amount of work with pastors Mm -hmm. and churches and Christian people. Wonderful, wonderful group. Uh, It's going to allow me to help them set up another track and hopefully affect ministers. Uh, The pressure on pastors today, the political pressure, uh, the, the vitriol in our society is just how many people can devour one another and people need a place where
0: they're not devoured through their development. Yeah. And uh, so that
1: that's just one of the things we're working with.
0: Wow. That's exciting. That's exciting. So as we get ready to sign off today, I know that there may be some listeners today that wants to connect with you, maybe find out how you transition from pastoring a megachurch, exciting, and everything that was happening there, going into consulting, and now really, truly living your dream around the globe, which is very exciting to see. How can our listeners actually get in touch with Maury Davis?
1: Just email me, Maury, M-A-U-R-Y, at maurydavis.com.
0: Awesome. Well, we just really want to say thank you. We know you're a very, very busy man. I know you have a conference now to get to as well. Uh, So we want to say thank you so much for taking time out to DOL and Dream Out Loud here with us on the DOL podcast today. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Doc. We hope this podcast with Maury Davis has helped you to DOL. We thank you for joining us today. And to learn more about Dream Releaser coaching or to find out about our other products and resources that you heard about today, join us at www.dreamreleaser.com. And you can hear us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next time for more inspirational topics to help you to DOL on the Dream Out Loud podcast.